and boom goes the dynamite. And boom goes the dynamite. a special edition of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, uh, how did you enjoy our unplanned uh, week off? We're back, Jeff. Welcome back. I enjoyed it uh, very well. And you know what? It, just for future reference, if uh, if this podcast falls on those dates again, we're not going to do them because I liked not doing it. I thought it was uh, it was nice. <laughs> it was nice. And uh, I, uh, I like the day after I got boosted and then there was Christmas and all that. So, uh, you know, I, I was booster sick for a lot of the time, Jeff. <laughs> well, fair. You, you, you didn't tell me that at the time. You were just like, nah, man, you, you missed half the show, which to well, be fair, before, I, I was... did. <laughs> but, you know. But because uh, I had some are, family are we stuff going on. Is how we're spending the beginning of the show talking about that? Okay. Yeah, we are. We kind of are. Because, I mean, we did miss a few things that were worth mentioning from the show, like the the, the debut of, uh, you know, the, the, the shock appearance of one uh, Kyle O'Reilly, but also uh, that face paint by CM Punk and staying in the main event was, was yep, to die for. It was great. I saw it. It was a week ago. By now, uh, it's, it's ancient wrestling history written into the books uh you can find it on laser disc i think if you go back in the archives wow might be able to find a laser disc <laughs> laser, laser disc huh yeah laser disc wow. i got an extensive collection it's great wow. uh, uh i have a documentary about mount st helens in there <laughs> i'm old enough to remember when that happened <laughs> christ <laughs> yeah oh yeah that was all over the papers um, there's probably people listening to this podcast that weren't around for 9 11 and you were there for Mount St. Helens. I was there for Mount St. Helens, yes. And 9-11, hey, what was uh, What was uh, Mount Vesuvius like in Pompeii, Italy? Oh, wow. I only know I only know what happened there from Doctor Who, so, you know. I know, a lot I know, of people I know, don't I know this, that... but it was actually uh, it was Jeff's cousin that was the guy that was, like, frozen uh, in time jacking off at the bottom of Mount Vesuvius. Oh, oh wow, okay. That's, Je- that's Jeff's Italian side. Wow. We're gonna... Hey, I do have an Italian side. <laughs> Uh, by the way, <laughs> oh, Uncle Giuseppe, he got caught checking off at the yeah, bottom of the sh- mountain. Shout out to uh, my late uncle uh, Charles, who we who we all knew as Uncle Whitey. He uh, he he died uh, last week, and uh, I, he is the reason why I am distantly related to uh, WWE Hall of Famer Luscious Johnny V, Johnny Valiant, because because uh, my my uncle Whitey. 
Say again? Uncle Whitey's a great name. It's just a very cool name. So, yeah, RIP to a guy with a really cool name, your Uncle Whitey. Yeah, my uh, yeah, he, he, he actually married uh, Johnny Valiant's sister, so that's how I am distantly related to him. So, All right. So there we go. Now, you requested that I watch a match on Dark last night before we do this podcast, and I will admit that this is the first time I have watched – a dark since they moved to the dark pack zone for that show. Oh, so, all right. So would you, so before we get to that match, what'd you think of the dark pack zone? Well, uh, I mean, it, it, it's a cool little layout, I guess. I like, uh, you know, they, they, they have all the, hey. um, they have all the, uh, the, the AEW posters in there. Uh, I did not appreciate that. The first thing I saw on a hard cam was the dude wearing the, uh, Marty Skrull shirt. That wasn't very cool. Oh Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, it's that, that shirt is still sold by, you know, AEW's T-shirt partner. Um, well, you know, everyone's favorite wrestling T-shirt company that will not be named on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We, we didn't get to bury them last week either. Hey, nice, nice yeah. uh, bit of data security they, y'all got going there, motherfuckers. They can do it all themselves. We don't they don't need us to to embarrass them. They embarrass themselves. Ooh, week boy. in and week out, folks, buy other T-shirts Anyway, anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, I asked to watch Joey Janela versus Sonny Kisses no rules street fight because I had a feeling it was going to be quite good. And that feeling was correct. It was quite good. Um, It was good. I didn't think it was great, but it was good. I, w- I will confess to that. I, I really kind of popped for Sonny Kiss doing the uh, the old Sonya Blade move uh, from Mortal Kombat from the original. Yeah, Mortal Sonny's- Kombat. Sonny does that that like uh, the the thigh trap thing more often now. I love Sonny's gear. Uh, Street fight, Sonny, great look. Uh, that pile driver through the table uh, to culminate the match was fantastic, and that's been actually a really good view that they've kept on AEW Dark, and it's kind of cool that they you know have like you know fleshed out storylines playing out on Dark, but also it's unfortunate that stuff like that doesn't get its shine on Wednesdays because I do think the the Joey Sonny stuff was worthy of television, but. I'll- Ultimately, a really good blow off there, uh, and I think we'll hopefully see Sunny on Wednesdays and Fridays more often going forward. Yeah. But I just wanted you to see that because I thought it would be good, and it, was, uh, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it was. It would you recommend bad. our listeners to go check out that match because I would. Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, like, again, I, I didn't think it was blow your socks off great. I thought it was a fun match. Uh, yeah, but that's about as far as I go with it. Mind you, I have not been watching Dark for many a moon uh, since before they moved to the Dark Pack Zone. So I, I haven't really been closely following the Sunny Kiss it's been versus a few, Joey. It's been a few fortnights since uh, since Jeff's watched Dark. Yeah, so I, I was not too aware of, I mean, I knew that they were having a feud. I didn't know it was still going on, and I didn't know it was that involved. So, but as a blow-off match to a feud, yeah, great. Absolutely. I can see it, so. But this is a podcast about Dynamite, so Jeff, do the thing. Oh, you want me to do the thing where we I want go. you to do the thing. You want me to do the thing I'm where so, we, where I'm we so go. I'm so excited that you. Yeah, I didn't get to do the thing last week, so uh, I, I'm excited. I, I'm I'm ready and uh, limber and ready to do the thing tonight, where we go live to Daly's place in Jacksonville, Florida, for the special New Year Smash episode of AEW Dynamite, uh, the last AEW Dynamite to be regularly on Turner Network Television before so, it moves to the Turner Broadcast Turner. System channel. 
great to start off, Jeff. How many times do you think uh, you are going to forget this and turn on TNT on Wednesdays? How um, long do you think it take you? I think I well, I mean, since on my on my YouTube TV, TBS and TNT are right above each other, so I will notice it pretty quickly. Ah, uh, I will. That's a, that's a good aid. Yes, but um, yeah, I, I'm sure I'm gonna forget at least once. Uh, because I even forgot until the run up to this show that oh yeah, this is the last one on TNT. It, it still yeah, just yeah. seems like a weird move to me, but I, I I get it because you know now they. They have, you know, both the NBA and the NHL going on, and they, you know, are both bigger money contracts. Than... Yeah, it frees up a lot of different scheduling conflicts uh, for them, gives them more room to breathe on that network. Yeah, uh, they'll be kind of more of a feature player there sports wise. And, you know, TBS has a wrestling pedigree. So, you know, the more I think about it, the more it does make sense to me. And that they're keeping uh, Rampage over on TNT and kind of increasing that footprint around Turner. Yeah. I get it. But you, you know, one of the knock-on effects of this NHL move, of course, is that we are now uh, the uh, we, we're now in the death throes of NBC Sports because that was pretty much the, because they pretty much had that and the Premier League keeping them uh, viable. And now I don't think they can just do it with the Premier League. So now that all the Premier League. Feature the matches. Premier League is all moved, right? Isn't the Premier League like on ESPN or something now? No, 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 no. It's going to be moving to USA, which is also a USA uh-huh. network. So it's funny that like the two main cable networks that feature wrestling uh, are affected by this NHL thing. <laughs> so, but, hockey uh, much more influential on television than people think. Yeah, it turns out. But uh, you know, I also do have Peacock though, so I you know I think all most of the Premier League games are going to move to Peacock. ESPN does have some football too. They do have you know they carry the the English FA Cup and the League Cup games, but also they have That's the really Ger- they they also have the German Bundesliga and uh, La Liga from Spain. So yeah, something so. very important that ESPN Plus and uh, Peacock have in common, Jeff. They are both dog shit. Just terrible apps, horrible user no, interfaces. No. That shit barely works uh, across um, both. Platforms. Peacock, uh, matter I will, of fact, all of these modern streaming platforms fucking suck. Uh, there I will, isn't a single good one between them. I will agree on Peacock. ESPN, I kind of like. I, I don't mind. I, I think ESPN's. Uh, I got to push back on you on this one. ESPN is terrible. That see, should never I, work. I have had the no. I have had the least problems with ESPN. It, That's now Peacock, I have had issues with. Of course, I, you know, starting from beginning when it wasn't carried on the Fire Stick, so I had to hook up my PS4 just to watch Peacock downstairs to watch you know football downstairs. So yeah, I, I did Peacock trial for a little bit, but like because I'm I don't watch WWE anymore. Like there was really no reason for me to keep it, but I do use ESPN frequently for UFC stuff. Uh, like you know, a lot of their fight nights and stuff are carried on ESPN Plus and and that sort of thing. And I'll use it on you know, whether it's a browser, mobile app, uh, you know, streaming platforms over the it's like set top box apps, whatever. Almost always like a uniformly terrible experience. See, I don't know. I I've had good luck, but then again, maybe maybe it depends on when we're watching it because, of course, all the football is on during the morning times. I'll I'll tell you one that I don't hate, and I know that there's probably some of our listeners uh, use this platform probably to watch Dynamite is Fight. Uh, Fight's not too bad for being like one of the little guys, man. No, it isn't. Honestly, use, you know, we use GCW. I've used it for you know all the All In and Starcast stuff. 
And then, yeah, I'm sure our international audience, you know, uses fight f- to uh, to watch Dynamite and, and such. And you know what? They they pretty much deliver for, for yeah, being a smaller Yeah, I, I, I'm really pleased with them. I, in fact, I was kind of annoyed when they didn't have uh, Full Gear live on fight, you know, in, in this country That's like that. they did was for it, All Out. Was it Bleacher Report live on that time? Or? Yeah, which... Bleh. Bleacher Report live, also dog shit. Um, you know... It, I'm going to shock this. I'm going to kind of bring this back on topic somewhat. You're going to be surprised when I tell you one of the worst user interfaces and one of the worst apps that's on the Fire Stick. NJPW World. I still hate their, that, their UI. I'm not surprised by that at all. All of their online experience stuff. At least, I mean, obviously, you know, I only have experience stateside and with, you know, their stuff that's engineered for American audiences. But, man, it's bad. Their website's bad. Subscription services are bad. NJTW World over like on the mobile app is terrible. Well, the the yeah, mobile yeah the mobile app is just a a, a front end to going to the web page is yeah, all it that's, is. It's so it's not even an app. It's, which, yeah, but their mobile experience in general is just yeah, not good. Which you know I I keep saying I would like you know like you know I would like love for Wrestle Universe or All Japan TV to actually have like fire stick apps and I would subscribe to way more services but also please be better than NGPW Worlds because I as much as I love and follow New That's Japan a really Pro, low bar. as much as I really love and follow New Japan Pro Wrestling yeah I greatly dislike the NJPW World app on the fire stick but on the other hand I'm grateful it's there because then I can you know watch NJPW on my TV. Yeah, if it's so, that, you know. or, hey, don't watch this, then, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. But I, anyway, yeah, not we, great. All right. We have been. We have stretched our leg oh, yeah. on bad streaming services probably long enough. Let's talk about wrestling. Let's go back to Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida for <laughs> the uh, special New Year's Smash edition, which is the final TNT episode of AEW Dynamite. Your host, Excalibur, Tony Schiavone, and the returning. Jim Ross, which I'm, I'm not going to give him too much. I'm not going to give him too much grief, grief today. I'm not going to give. No, him it's just grief. look. We we've given plenty of grief for Jr.'s performance over his time at AEW, but this is not the way we want to see Jr. exit. Jr.'s got to go out on his own terms, and it's great to see him back. Yeah. So, uh, we go. Uh, so after the 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 introduction of uh, of one Mister uh, James Ross, we go into our first match of the evening, a ten man extravaganza, uh, Jungle Boy. So many guys. Luchasaurus, Christian Cage, Penta El Cerro Miedo y Rey Phoenix contra FTR, Matt Hardy, and Private Party. That's um, a lot of guys. That Those is a lot, a lot of guys. Of guys. And that's you know, a lot of fellas. That is, Just and together for some for some good old graps. Yep, and some uh, rapperinos. As you as you can guess, yeah, continuity wasn't always the greatest in in this match. Busy, a little busy, uh, uh, somehow. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Who, who, who would I, I guess? The, the thing about these matches, Jeff, is like, I I had a nice enough time watching it, but I already forgot everything that happened. <laughs> like I couldn't tell you by now it's been a little over two hours since it happened. I couldn't tell you a single thing that occurred in this match. I don't even remember who won. Uh, I'll tell you who won because uh, Christian Cage kind of fucked it by uh, blind tagging Penta at a uh, critical moment. Oh, when yeah, he, that's he, when he should not have blind tagged uh, Penta. And uh, so uh, Christian ate a big rig. FTR get the win. The heels win. Well, that was a, it was a retaliatory blind tag after Penta had did that first blind tag, uh, trying to you know get in and do a little bit of glory hogging there. Yeah, so a little you know, well, a little something yeah. there. 
this is one of those matches that like existed for the finish, right? Just to to get us to that point, so they could tell that story. So yeah, uh, that stuff happened. Moving on, we got a little animosity, and then we're gonna revisit that uh, later on in the show. Yes, we are. So uh, yeah, so that 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 certainly happened. Uh, we then go get our. Uh... Um, I'm thinking that just happened. What if we just talk like Marvel? <laughs> just a Marvel dialogue, everything. Uh... Um. Oh, yeah, I, I, oh, 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 I got a Marvel thing to bring up later. Let me tell you. They flip now? They flip now. They flip now? Who? Oh, they, they flip now. Oh, right. Just gotcha. they do. Yes. They just do. they. FTR flipping now would be the, that would be the one. Be like, oh, I'm thinking they flip now. <laughs> you know, I care. You know, the the only Marvel line I can actually come up with from memory is, I get that reference. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. That is literally the only which is, which line is from a Marvel movie. The whole like all of their movies because it's just all getting that reference. Like yeah. getting that reference is a big part of the whole thing. You know, I, I I will cop to the fact that that was a a major reason why I loved, uh, the first Captain America movie. Besides the fact it took place during World War II. Um, uh, one of the major reasons I love that is because I caught that reference. To the to the original Human Torch at the very beginning of the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, they did a little yeah a little a little cheeky nod because of Chris Evans blah 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 right. Yeah. Well, no 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 no. It was the original Human Torch, the the, the android who in in comic book continuity would eventually become. See, the now you're going. Division. Not, now you have yep you you have completely gone over my head now. Now yeah, we have uh, okay. Way I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tell I you about it sometime. I, I wasn't a first Captain America movie guy, but the second one, the Winter Soldier one, I like that one. That yeah. one's pretty good. Again, I think the again the, uh, the 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 World War II setting just did it for me. It just seemed so classic caps. So classic caps fighting Nazis. That's right, fighting them. Naz- given, given that old Adolf Hitler, what for? Yo, back back when comics weren't political ever. He's gonna <laughs> go, he's gonna lick him good. He will. Our second match of the evening: Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz versus Daniel Garcia and Two Point Um. A lot of guys again. A, a lot of guys of again. Uh, this was another guys. match where a lot of things happened, and the only thing I can really remember is the finish in which trunks were pulled. I did like a lot that kind of happened in, in the meantime there. Like, Eddie's energy was kind of what carried this match for me. Oh, yeah, for sure. The machine gun chops to Daniel Garcia especially effective there was like a uh like a ddt or like a rope ddt spot that was really good uh but yeah again when you especially when you do this back to back you're just throwing so many guys at me and i just i can't keep track of all these guys jeff yeah this is where i admit that i also have been uh watching this through the haze of one of the heaviest beers I've ever experienced. I think I may have talked about this beer before on, on this Let's very let, program. Well, it's time to can check then, Jeff. Can check us. What uh, do you got? It, I, hold on. So, wait, I, I got to hang on two seconds here. Do, well, well, do, I'll do tell, some I'll, hold I'll, music. I'll, do, my, hang I'll on. do mine first. All right. Well, um, so, hey, well, I, well, I can't hear it. So hang on two uh, seconds. Let me go grab the can because it's on my shelf. Hang on two seconds. Well, do the some, other beer that I have do some hold music. Is, a, is a Bush Light. So that's not, I don't really need to tell <laughs> Jeff about it, but my second beer is a Bush Light and it's it's one of the little camouflage cans. So it's got like the, it's like the digital camo though, 
like oh, the little the, the the dot matrix square kind of guys um and something about that uh it does taste better i don't know how if it's engineered that way or like if it's some sort of trick of the mind but the the camo can bush does taste better uh for some reason yes i'm drinking bush light it's not uh, out of a 30 pack and it's not for beer pong or any type of uh drinking related game just very cheap uh is kind of how that works uh, Jeff doesn't really ask me to fill a whole lot on this podcast. Uh, so, him yeah. Being... So there you go. So... <laughs> hey, he's back. I'm hey, back. Wow. Yeah. I, I literally had to just go across the room to go get this can. We go okay. To Jeff where he's talking about his beer. Take it away, so, Jeff. The beer I, I consumed today, I try to make a black and tan out of this and, uh, with, 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 with a fairly good light beer from, uh, for, from, uh, uh, fuck. Who is it? It's a local brewery. It was it was called Pulaski Pills. I can't remember the name of the brewer though. But this beer completely overtook it. Uh, it, it is Ancient Magic Imperial Ooh, Stout from Old Irving Brewing, also made in Chicago. The can is black with um, all these you know arcane symbols on it. It's an imperial stout made with peanut butter, marshmallow, and cocoa nibs as Whoa. part of the brewing. Uh, it is so heavy that gravity collapses and a singularity. If I have more than one of these at a time, a singularity will form and all life on Earth will be consumed by gravity. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's that's some serious implications. Yeah. So. Uh, so, yeah, I've been in kind of in the haze of this. <laughs> well, I get that. That's a lot of beer. I have a local beer as well. It is from the Earth Brewing Company from Roswell, Georgia. It is called a Ball of Confusion Maybach. Uh, and it is real That's nice. A classic also song. Has a very cool can. Uh, it's got a bunch of woke symbolism on it, a little peace sign, little Black Lives Matter guy, a big old heart. You know, uh, their logo is a tree. Uh, they have, oh, and like an anti-capitalist, little, it's like a grenade with a dollar sign on it. All right. So, yeah, you know, it's like a little, little, little woke beer company. Well, it's, like a, it, it, well, it's a good song too by both the Four Tops and Love and Rockets. So you know, God damn, it. Jeff, what was music like when it was invented? Jeff, as actually a bard that used to carry a Glockenspiel around to different kingdoms. <laughs> Do you know how heavy a Glockenspiel is? <laughs> a lot of people don't know this. Jeff's very strong. <laughs> incredible upper body a glock. do you do you need are you sure that's what you meant to say was a glock yeah no I, the entire glockenspiel the uh, entire damn glockenspiel okay. yeah no the mandolin player is a totally different guy <laughs> he wasn't as he couldn't that guy, that guy couldn't clear, carry the glockenspiel like back you. to the match uh You're so humble <laughs> so afterwards uh santana gets the uh the ring bill up ring bell upside his head and which prompts a rescue by chris jericho and it reminded me of the fact that oh yeah you know what this feud was much better without chris jericho being part of it i you know what i don't know man did you hear that pop first of all i heard the pop but he's i mean he's really over at daily's place like chris jericho was a big part of carrying pandemic wrestling and what fans could attend saw a lot of him he is a florida resident so, you know, it definitely makes sense. But, no, the crowd was really receptive to Chris Jericho's return. And I thought it gave a lot of this uh, a bit of life. And then teasing the potential of a Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston face-off was yep. uh, that, that, that was cool. That was cool. I think that picks business up a little bit there. That I was cool. That was, uh, really good. Uh, quick listening to talk is today. Uh, Chris Jericho's podcast uh, and the subject it was a solo episode and the subject is the story of the painmaker NFT 
Jeff. So he uh, tells the story of how the Painmaker NFT came to be, but he starts it out with a little, you know, story of how the Painmaker came to be, right? Like how he, you know, came up with that character. And I, I posted this on my Twitter. So if you follow my Twitter at Cool Step Uncle, you can see I, I posted a clip of this. But there is uh, something he said on there that really stood out to me when he was talking about the inception of the character. And he said, uh, I, uh, I saw someone drew a picture of Chris Jericho as the Joker. And I thought, that's really interesting. Wow. That's the, that's the quote. Wow. End quote. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine where he might have been inspired to get that name, The Pain Maker, from. I, I wonder. No, no, he told, he told the whole story, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's very profound, Jeff. It's very subtle. And uh, you wouldn't expect <laughs> where he... Uh, uh, where he got it from. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, the mind wobbles in the immortal words of Kelly Bundy. <laughs> we go, we then go backstage and we have uh, MJF, Warlow, Sean Spears, and a cameo from Smart Mark Sterling. As uh, MJF says he's going to move on from, from Charles Montgomery Punk and, and wants Warlow to, to get involved in, in, in the, uh, the, uh, the face of the revolution. This match, was interesting so. because he uh, it really accelerated like what's going on between MJF and Wardlow really raised the stakes there. Uh, MJF tells Wardlow he's got to wrestle for the you know, TNT title, you know, win that uh, the ladder match, grab the brass ring, get the title shot, win the championship. And then Jeff, he must immediately relinquish it to MJF per the aforementioned Mark Sterling. It's in the uh, it's in the contract, Jeff. Got to mm. read the fine print, bud. Mm -mm. You know, uh, it was nice. See Mark Sterling and he plugged Argo there, so I thought that was cool. Yeah, you you gotta love Mark Sterling because he's also representing one uh, Matthew Cardona. He is also the yeah. I mean, he's got a pretty hot clientele these days, man. Uh, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about Mark's clientele later on in the show. So yes, stick with that. I thought overall pretty good, and I'm excited to see the MJF Wardlow thing blow up. Uh, we then, uh, when we come back from commercial, we have the Lucha Brothers uh, and Jurassic Express and Christian Cage getting shitty with each other, and uh, we're going to have a AEW World Tag Team title match next week on the debut on Turner Broadcast Systems. That card is really shaping up, but uh, I'm excited for this match. Uh, let's, let's do a quick lightning prediction. Uh, do you think the the uh, Jurassic Express guys have any chance of winning this match? You know, they probably are overdue, but at the same time, you you know, my very well-known opinions about the Lucha Bros, yeah. so, you know. I, I, I say Lucha Brothers are tan. All right. Yeah, okay, cool. Glad to see we're on the same page. Oh, yeah. Uh, we then get our third match of the evening. The aforementioned Wardlow versus uh, Colin Delaney, who I guess used to get his ass kicked on WWE ECW, I guess. That's what I heard, too. I'm not really familiar either. Oh, shit. The match is over. God damn it. Uh, yeah, it looks like that ended four power bombs later. A well, four pack of power bombs. Was it four or was it five? It was a bunch. It was a lot. It was a, it was Look, a lot of power. A bombs. variety wrestling program needs a big giant meat castle beating the shit out of a little guy you've never heard of. That's something that has to be on your wrestling program. And Wardlow is as good a guy as I need to carry that torch. So, yeah, I like that we have a match like this every week. Keep doing them. Let's Keep do doing them until Wardlow does something else. It's cool. Okay, let's do that. We then go uh, backstage with a pre-tape vignette of uh, Adam Cole, the Young Bucks, Bobby Fish, and... Debutante from last week that we missed, uh, Kyle O'Reilly. And, uh, yeah, the Young Bucks aren't too happy. And uh, 
But meanwhile, Kyle O'Reilly reminds Adam Cole, hey, by the way, I still kind of mostly hate you. So we uh, this this segment uh, was one of my favorite wrestling tropes of, hey, guys, leave the room so I can have this private conversation that's still on camera that even that we know is there and acknowledge. Yeah, very <laughs> uh, good wrestling trope. Totally good wrestling trope. So I guess now that this is this will be three companies that Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly will have a big feud in. Yeah, possibly. Uh, well, we're going to talk a little bit more about this because there's some more story development in the main event tonight. But, you know, we're planting a little seeds here, a little tension between Adam Cole and his two groups of friends. And maybe it look like Adam Cole may have some choices to make. And, uh, you know, it sets up a little intrigue going into the main event. Yeah. Uh, we then go back into the ring side area. And, oh, look, it's Dan Lambert and the men of the year. And Dan hey. Lambert was on fire until... Fucking Brandy Rhodes shows up. Jesus Christ. Woo! Like, Brandy Rhodes. Yeah, I know. We, like, we, we are never going to agree on this point. You will so. put some respect on Brandy Rhodes. I will do no such thing. Tonight, you will, in this house, we will be respecting Brandy Rhodes this evening. Brandy did good. Brandy did really good on this. Uh, did she? She went up against a nuclear missile in Dan Lambert, and she got the better lines in. Did she? she I, I don't think she did. Yes, she 100% got the the... When, when was the last time you uh, got beat up by a woman and didn't have to pay for it? And then the the topper, the cap at the end, she hit Dan Lambert with a line that, he, what's he, what's he going to do? You can't respond to that. You can't. You can't. You can't respond to what Brandy told him. You're done. You lose. I mean, there, there are those kind of lines out there. <laughs> yeah, and Brandy did it. It was great. I I think thought Brandy really brought it. This was the exact kind of Brandy energy that I like the best. This is like reality show Brandy. Uh, which is one of the best brandies as a as a roads to the top watcher. And uh, I was just talking with uh, a friend on Twitter about uh, Brandy on being the elite, which she's also been great. She's great on some BTE stuff, some older being the elite stuff. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think this was a really good use of Brandy and I thought it was fun. Well, that makes one of us at least. I, I you're just a hater. I do. I, I greatly dislike Brandy Rhodes. I'm, I, I make no bones about it and never have in the history of this program. So she doesn't like you either. Well, that's fine. You know what? And maybe she it's told, maybe it's just better that way. You she know? told me she doesn't like you either. I'm standing. I'm standing up for Brandy Rhodes from my home state. Uh, we then get Dustin Rhodes to come out to try to break things up. And uh, Ethan Page just kind of kicks Dustin Rhodes and well, there we go. And now we're going to have Ethan Page and Cody Rhodes on uh, Rampage, I think. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's going to be a Rampage. It's going to be for the title. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but like sort of low-key watch out for Ethan Page winning that title. Would it be the craziest thing in the world? Maybe not. Well, Maybe you, not. Know, you, you know, here's the thing. Both his brother and his wife and the mother of his child are both getting set upon by, you know, Dan Lambert and the men of the year and Cody Rhodes is nowhere to be seen. Well, he'll he's fine. He's figuring it. He's polishing his title. Yeah. Well, it's gotta be really shiny for Friday. Of course. Yeah. How silly of me. It's gotta be really nice. When we come back, we get, uh, a, uh, a hype video for Adam page versus Brian Danielson two, which will happen on the TBS debut, something else we did not discuss last week. Yeah, we, so. well, we just talked about it for like six minutes at the top of the show, so I think that's probably fine. Did we? 
We didn't. Yeah, we just we just talked about the move to TBS. And no, 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 no. I'm talking about the Adam Page versus Brian Danielson match oh. that we did the rematch that we did not discuss last week. Yeah, no, that's well, that's next week. We'll discuss it then. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I guess we I will. Missed this, I missed this promo package too, so I got nothing to say. Oh, okay, fair. Uh, <laughs> we then go to our fourth match of the evening: uh, Thunder Rosa versus Jade Cargill in the battle of the X Men cosplayers. Because oh, geez, Thunder Rosa's costume. And, yeah, you know, it's fun. There was, I think, there it was a pretty split reaction to it. I think it just depends on your taste in wrestling and costuming in wrestling. But I thought it was fun. Uh, this is a uh, the the second semifinal for the TBS title. The winner faces Ruby Soho on next Wednesday, and the debut on TBS. Um. Okay, so here's where we may have some discussion because I felt like Thunder Rosa was wrestling at half speed for a lot of this match. And uh, well, there's Jade moves at a different spe- speed than Thunder Rosa because they are two very different sized people. And you could see where Rosa was making those concessions. That being said, I still thought it was one of Jade's best matches uh story wise because she did something and they did something that jade hasn't got a chance to do a lot of uh is tell a story right there was was a story with like uh like old school wrestling joint manipulation right rosa attacking the leg jade selling the injury throughout uh i thought this was really well booked and well executed in that regard okay fair but Quality of the match, I thought it kind of exposed Jade a little bit. I disagree. I disagree. I don't think, yeah, because I don't think it was that big a deal. I think it depends on the lens of wrestling you're watching it through. And I I don't think people expect Jade to wrestle that way. Um, And and I don't think it took away from the match at all. Because, again, the story of the match wasn't like Jade doing all of her big athletic stuff. It was like Rosa trying to chop Jade down and like trying to, you know, get her in ways that other people haven't be the smarter kind of opponent. And how is Jade going to get past that? And then Jade almost didn't get past it and needed some help or possibly needed some help. So, uh, yeah. So super interesting. To me. Let, let's talk about that. Uh, it, someone in a mat masked up uh, assist Jade in beating Thunder Rosa. I assumed it was Serena Deeb for a second. It was not Serena Deeb. It was not Serena Deeb, Jeff. It was not Serena Deeb. I'm so excited about this one. Uh, this is a person who I've talked about AEW needed to sign like right away since they've uh, become a free agent. It's Mercedes Martinez. She's it back. was Mercedes. Mercedes Martinez. Martinez back in AEW. Uh, very excited. This is her first time since the Battle Royale, I believe. Uh, that she was in, in uh, Vegas, yeah. 2019, right? Yeah, I think so. Sounds I think about that was right. so uh, really great to see Mercedes back. Uh, I, she's a star and a half and immediately huge life into this women's division. Again, uh, this division is stacked. It's starting to get more time, especially with the next impending belt. Are we, we talked a few months ago about the women's division turning a corner? I think we're still on that path. Do you agree? Uh, possibly. And I'll tell you why later on in this program, that being all that being said, I really Expected more out of this match, but you know, it, it, it was not bad. It could have been better. I thought and again, I liked it I, because I thought... it did something I didn't expect it to do. And uh, I thought that was, that was, you know, kind of good playing kind of against what I thought the match was going to be and like what I thought they were going to go for. 
Now, uh, we mentioned X-Men at the, the top, you know, explaining, the uh, talking about this match. Did you know there's another link between the women's division uh, in AEW and the X-Men? What is that link, Jeff? Uh, Nyla Rose is co-writing a one-shot for Marvel, uh, an X-Men one-shot. Uh, oh, yeah, that's, that's right. coming out this March. Last week. Yep. Yeah, that's nice. Good for her. Adding on to that resume, Nyla Rose is a star, folks. So uh, we then get a uh, recap of Chris Tatlander versus Layla Hirsch, uh, which, by the way, their uh, Rampage match I thought was really good. Uh, oh, yeah. This there past Saturday. Uh, but also, hey, Rio Mizunami on our TV screens again. Yes, they did a little recap package showing kind of their history, and it gave us a little clip of Mizunami there. Hopefully we get more Mizunami on our TVs. So uh, after that, when we come back from commercial, we get uh, Britt Baker. Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Dr. Britt Baker. DMD. DMD. Oh, I think we finally got it. That's pretty close. I at think least. we finally got it. Uh, versus Riho hype. Uh, I think that's also coming on Rampage this week. No, that one is going to be uh, Battle of the Belts on oh, January eighth on oh. Saturday night. Oh, that one. Okay. All right. All right. Um, by the way, I just want you to. I, I just hope you realize that that is segment number three, featuring women you know, focusing on a women's uh, view. Uh, hey. Uh, so that far. is true. We talked about trending upward. That's trending upward, I suppose. Uh, okay. Uh, hang on. Put a pin in that. Uh, we then go to ri- back to the ringside area and we get CM Punk uh, coming out to his, his the first time he's ever been at Daly's place, which seems kind of odd, but it, it, I know it's the but truth. you got to think he came in. He, you know, joined obviously uh, August of this year as their daily's place stuff wrapped up he anchored their chicago shows and has kind of been the face of the uh revitalized touring aew so yeah it, it, a little it, surprising but indeed. timing wise hey. um so uh it, it was very nice that uh cm punk mentioned Brody lee and, and gave tribute as uh, this is of course the uh one year this week is the marks the one year anniversary of his uh, very tragic and untimely death. Um, yeah, so he, he did that. He did a little shout out to uh, to Jr. and all that. You know, was um, a roundabout way to get to MJF. G- right? G- so. Gave a shout out to someone else without naming, and thank God. No, nope, not talking about it. No, nope, we are nope, not. Nope. We are not. But nope, I'm just move on. But nope. um, yeah, and uh, yeah, so. CM Punk compares MJF to Tim Tebow as a waste of, of con money. That was absolutely done because he tried. He wanted to say Urban Meyer, and someone told him he couldn't. I yeah, I would say it. I wish the, he would have said Urban Meyer because I because that would have been probably, much I'm more accurate. That there's still like contract stuff pending, and that Urban's lawyers would probably like send a letter if that were the case. Yeah. So they probably just. They probably just had to be careful about that. Yeah. That'd be my guess. You know, since, since we're not contracted uh, with, with, with Tony Khan or, or the Jaguars or anybody else, uh, fuck Urban Meyer. I mean, I don't, I don't know the guy, but, you know, I, I don't know if we'd hang out or anything. Uh, you know, certainly maybe not in a sports bar in Ohio. <laughs> well. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, we then get a uh, backstage segment uh, with... Uh, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, where they're talking some shit about Dante Martin, but they also mentioned Hook, who, of uh, since last we recorded, has uh, set the world on fire 
I just want to point something very nerdy out to you, Mr. Paul. Oh, oh about, just this one time, huh, Jeff? Yeah, just this one time. Have you noticed Hook's logo? Yes. Have you noticed it is 100% the same font that Taz used in yes, ECW? Old Taz font. It rocks. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, so I just wanted to. Yeah, the old Taz font's really good. It's it's a really nice touch. Uh, his whole presentation, character-wise and like aesthetically, I think is brilliant. Uh, they went simple, and that was the way to go. Uh, I've talked a lot about like Hook's look on on uh, Wrestling Brain, obviously, since we do the Friday show, and you know, he's he's wrestled on Friday a couple times. But man, uh, a treat to see, and I'm really excited for that. And I'm really excited for this. Uh, this sports science-y thing that Taz is doing with Hook's moves on Friday. That'll be fun. Oh, I, oh I cannot wait. That, that, that will be fascinating viewing right there. Uh, we then get a recap of uh, Cody Rhodes uh, hosing Sammy Guevara, and uh, which leads That's to— That's your TNT champion, Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Which uh, leads to Sammy Guevara and his cue cards coming back. Yep, he cued a few cards. He wants to win his title back is the message. Yep. Well, there. Yeah, I mean, there. Uh, we then come back from commercial, and uh, we get a uh, a and Hikaru Shida promo. So that's four women's Whoa, focus segments. Count if you're counting, filling up hands. So uh, yeah, uh, if, we, if we like an, if you're like a pod animal without opposable thumbs, that's a whole hand. Uh, so uh, yeah, we may not be done discussing that as we head to the ringside with Tony Schiavone and Brian Pillman Jr. And Jesus fucking Christ, that is hands down the ugliest Venom shirt I have ever fucking seen in it my It was really entire... busy and like, I don't really, I know it said Venom on it. That's and, all it, I can really and, make and out. It doesn't I, even I, look like fucking Venom, whatever the hell that was. <laughs> it was, was it like a Venom shirt from the Tom Hardy movie? It still didn't look like Venom. It still it, I, it looked I nothing tell. like I, Venom. I, I don't know what the hell that was. I, I I really hope that was a bootleg because I cannot imagine Marvel approving that. I I mean, wearing bootleg shirts is way cooler anyway, so that's why. I, I mean, that is true. I mean, it's certainly it's for cooler re- certainly for boot- wrestling shirts. Steel. <laughs> Especially, well, especially from pr- people like fucking Marvel or whatever, steal all their shit. Like anything yeah. you wear with like a superhero logo should absolutely be stolen. Make it yourself, uh, print it illegally, steal that stuff. So, the official uh, stance of this podcast. But support, uh, support like uh, you know, small like indie wrestlers and stuff. Like buy their stuff legit. Yeah, from yeah. what a maneuver or like a you know good uh, wrestling shirt company. That's right. Um, so he calls out Malachi Black. We briefly get Malachi Black, and I, I realize that you know what Malachi Black would be absolutely into my Ancient Magic Imperial Stout that I drank today. <laughs> I mean, he seems to be a big fan of Ancient Magic. Speaking of Ancient Magic, he didn't have the right incantations on this one because he definitely was still walking through the tunnel when the lights came back on. Uh, he was a little slow to exit the frame, and it really really took away from the segment like it really when you say when you see the cracks in the armor for these type of segments like it really takes away your suspension of disbelief and like that's the margin for error on these type of segments in wrestling is very thin and this was a reminder of that for me and i thought this whole segment fell flat this was probably the flattest or least impactful malachi black segment since he started yeah and that's probably partly because of pillman and, like, Pillman's intensity was fine. I just don't care a whole lot about Pillman. Like, Griff and Julia <laughs> right. are more interesting than him. Uh, they just are. 
and yeah. And that shirt too. Not this to whole segment didn't work for me. It was like, whatever. Yeah. By the way, we, we, we discussed ancient magic. We're, we're talking all this. We have yet to mention Alan Moore on this show today. So, oh, hey, guess what? I just mentioned. Well, there it is. There it is. Uh, we then uh, get dueling promos from the acclaimed and uh, Darby Allen and Steve Stinger as a preview for Darby versus uh, Anthony Bowens on Rampage yeah, coming uh, up. Some, some people said some stuff, but uh, Max Caster rubbed a bunch of baby oil on Anthony Bowens' chest. That's the only thing that actually happened in this promo. So Yeah, that's true. Like, that, that's the only thing that actually occurred. All the rest of it was just like, blah, 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 blah. I'm talking bullshit. Who cares? Who cares? More baby oil. And then we get a segment of uh, Ty Conti and Anna Jay. Uh, running down the Bunny and Penelope Ford in in prep for their street fight coming up on Rampage. That is five five women segments. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Look at that. Maybe maybe AEW has learned their lesson, and we're gonna see what we've wanted to see out of that division in 2022. Uh, stay tuned, folks. Maybe it's their New Year's resolution. Maybe who knows? Maybe we will see. Now, mind you, we still only got one actual match. Out of this, but well, there we, was all those other guys in the other matches. You know, well, they had to have the twenty-man tag or whatever. Yeah, but we did get. You know what? We got five segments focusing on on women's matches, and not all of them were a title. Were title related. This is good. I, it's, it's 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 the right direction. It is. It, it's the right direction. Now, whether or not they stay the course remains to be seen. We'll see. We will see. And this leads into our. Main event of the evening, uh, Chuck Daler, Trent Beretta, Chuck and Taylor. Chuck Taylor. Bleh. This MF said Chuck Daler. I did. I did. I <laughs> fucked that up. Damn. Chuck, Chuck Taylor. Chat. I am. Everyone drop. Everyone uh, tweet Chuck Daler at BGTD podcast <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> Go oh, to at BGTD podcast. Jeff said Chuck Daler. God. Doug Kraft's going to be in my mentions, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Get him, Doug Kraft. <laughs> Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, and Orange Cassie versus Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish. Um, this is another one of those busy, lot Bunch of things of happen matches. This was the best one of them, and actually, this was my favorite match of the night. This was good. It was good. I didn't take a whole lot of notes, but it was good. You know, I, I just Kyle O'Reilly is really good at the wrestling part of wrestling. Uh, the man Funny is that. a and like red dragon is a really good team like bobby fish is most interesting to me when he's next to kyle o'reilly now i am kind of a like little that's where i think he's at best i'm kind of a little miffed that they they cut the red dragon theme music after like you know 20 seconds for adam well, cole because it's because i mean it's it's right there in the first line jeff it's all about the boom like adam cole is two-thirds entrance like that's the whole thing why what why even have adam cole come out if he doesn't do the entrance like that's what there would like why even why even be out there? <laughs> well, you know that that, that kind of goes to a point about Adam Cole, which is he came out to do a weird non-commentary segment and had to do his entire full entrance walk to the ring just to walk back to the commentary table. You know that that is a thing about Adam Cole is that he he just uh, he just he, 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 yeah he he's all entrance he's all he's got some charisma. You know what? I I really find him kind of boring in the ring, <laughs> and that's I kind of do too. And I know that's yeah. a, I guess it's a bit of a hot take. Some folks like aren't really uh uh you know are are big fans of like Adam Cole's you know in ring work. I think it's fine. 
I do think, and I don't think this about a lot of people, but I do think size like is an issue for him. Like, it, yeah, you, you know what it kind of just, reminds me of that doesn't connect because he's not big enough. You know what kind of reminds me of? There was this comedy show, this sketch comedy show I watched, but I don't remember which show it was, unfortunately. Oh, I want to say it was Mr. Show, but I I don't think it was. But it it, it was like a uh, it it was just a a, a retrospective remembering this this fine group of uh, this group of fine looking young lads from Liverpool who took a pic, you know, a, a photo and like they were like the hot new thing until everybody moved on to these other boys called the Beatles because they actually put a record out instead well, you know, <laughs> instead of just taking a photograph of themselves. You know, it, it just, that, that's kind of really what Adam a lot Cole about society. Kind of reminds me of what Adam Cole, basically. <laughs> okay. But also, but, you know, I, I, I will point out again, this was, you know, I, I, my honey was not a fan of Adam Cole one bit until we saw him and Britt on uh, Bourdain when Bourdain went to Pittsburgh. Oh, so yeah, right so you know, you know what? I I I don't mind Adam Cole, the the the, the person behind Adam Cole. Um, but yeah, I just yeah, he's got a lot of charisma on the mic. Yeah, his in ring presence just it bores me. Yeah, it's he's fine, but I think they're telling an interesting enough story here, and the finish to this match did kind of make me go, oh, I want to see what happens next here. Oh, I agree, I agree with that. Yeah, the finish was interesting just because you know Kyle O'Reilly, you know. Take accidentally, quote unquote, takes Adam Cole out of the match, and you know the young bucks had to make the rescue on you know their their super click buddy. Right. So yeah, they they do that. They uh, they get the win, and then the story here is you know uh, Kyle O'Reilly messes up, takes out Adam Cole, and the young bucks have to clean up their mess. Right. Like they got Adam's back, and that Red Dragon is just a couple of screw ups, and they're not good enough for Adam Cole. Now Adam Cole has choices to make. Yeah. And uh. You know, him being thrust into the middle of this, I do think, you know, you speaking about Adam Cole's charisma, I think he has the right charisma for this role. So I do think this will be interesting. But also, isn't this kind of like a, one of the weirdest – it's like the, the the one time that AEW advertised an overrun and actually did an overrun, and it was for this. Well, I mean, yeah, it's the Young Bucks. So, yeah. It doesn't, I mean, it I, guess they, I guess they finally had to, you know, well, yeah. I guess well, Using I mean, the overrun for the Elite makes perfect sense to me. But, I mean, even Kenny Omega didn't overrun. But, hey, their I mean, their name is right in the title. It's all Elite Wrestling, brother. They do what they want. Yeah, that's true. I guess they had to do the overrun at least once while they were leaving TNT as we are now, have now wrapped up the TNT era of AEW Dynamite. You know, overall, this show... It went by quick, but it just seemed like a lot happened, but not a lot happened. Does that make sense? It was sense? good. It was a good dynamite. So it was like a good dynamite. I feel like it could have been better, but that's just oh, me. Yeah, I mean, they all could be better, but it was good. Yeah, it's, that's just me, though. So, but, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that, that, that's where we are, and we are headed to a new channel. Not, not us, mind you. Um, Not us, but quick shout out to our boys at Days of Thunder who are, are taking off and heading over to Voices of Wrestling. But all the best, Days of Thunder. A oh, did they, did they make that official? Because they told me that last yeah, week. And I, I didn't they announced listen. it the other day. So all the best, uh, all well, the best to those. Yeah, guys. they're they're le- well, okay, yeah. Our 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 friends at uh, Dave Dave Ryan and Staggerly Malone uh, leaving the ter- the the PWOM territory. 
to uh, yeah on, on. onto bigger and better and pastors who have me blocked still <laughs> so, <laughs> good, so good luck over there uh no uh dave and lee are great and i love that show so well i you know what i have some good news i'll still for be you. listening blocked I, or no well i yeah i would say i have some good news for you about that that they they have their own feed yeah i know <laughs> at least we have that yeah so they, they do have their own feed but yeah just you know that, what i just um, won't be being when, when the voice the rest of the account shares their tweets yeah that's true but you know what uh i just want to say yeah the, uh, uh of all the podcasts on this feed that is the group that i have gotten the closest to besides you know you and, and chris and lawrence of course but um but yeah, that 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 is the group of folk I have gotten the closest to, and we we still talk every single day, you know, mostly about the graps, sometimes about football and uh, and other shit too. So, yeah, it, it, it's been great fun. Of course, you know, we've all guested on each other's shows a few times, and uh, so yeah, uh, good good luck to them on their their new feed. I hope it it brings them greater s- success. Because it is a great show, so that, that that all the best to 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 Dave and Lee, and I hope uh, you know once uh, you know you're welcome back in the territory anytime, brothers. You can you can come on by on this show if you want. Absolutely. Sometimes, Absolutely. I, I, although we are recording at like you know four in the morning Ireland time, but you know, which is fine. Uh, I hear you people don't sleep. I saw that one uh, uh, Ed Sheeran video. Where they were all kind of running around like uh, like like little ghoulies at night, and I kind of just decided that's what your culture is. So well, uh, I, well, I know, I know that I know that I know that Dave. Doesn't everything sleep. I know about <laughs> Ireland, I learned from one Ed Sheeran music video. I know that Dave doesn't sleep because God, he posts well into the night. But you know, Lee's got a uh, you know Lee's got a, a, another uh, baby coming. Yeah, so, and also yeah. double congratulations there. Yeah, so I mean, I, I know he ain't gonna be sleeping very much anytime soon. Absolutely not. If, uh, if, all he's right. a, if, if he's a decent father and, and doesn't make his 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 suffering wife uh, <laughs> handle everything, <laughs> well, so now I'll be we, watching you, Lee. Uh, and I also want to. We're gonna get out of here. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Cool Step Uncle and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thickflare, and of course over at twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain, where almost every Friday night, not this Friday night, because this Friday is New Year's Eve, of course, but every Friday night after Rampage goes off the air, Wrestling Brain Rampage every Friday with me and Nick East, and I can say it officially on this podcast now, Jeff, starting next year, uh, we are aiming for just towards the end of January, Monday mornings, twitch.tv wrestling brain it will be me at the helm first contact the wrestling brain weekly morning show it will be a recap in the weekend in wrestling we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff i'm going to branch out of you know we're going to be doing a lot of non-aew related content as well uh we're going to be running pre-tape interviews from me and the rest of the guys over at wrestling brain all kinds of really fun stuff there so please make sure you follow twitch.tv slash wrestling brain in anticipation of that and i will see you on monday morning Mornings in January and beyond. Uh, you can follow me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter for at least another week or so, and then it's going to become uh, at GD Wessel, my my personal Twitter, two S's one L. As We're I'm going to be there. consolidating those accounts here pretty soon. Uh, so, first of all, I am going to plug the fact that um, I have an article up now that you can read, and I should have one up tomorrow that you can read both at FanFight as uh, FanFight does go through its year-end best of 
uh, articles. So I already have one up uh, detailing why Matt Cardona was the heel of the year. And then uh, the one tomorrow will detail Shingo Takagi carrying New Japan through a bad year in in 2021 so uh so and you know there's good stuff folks go read there's some uh there are some good uh articles up now about aew and and other wrestling so you should check it out and and then um i believe this sunday chris and i are going to record our uh wrestle kingdom preview and since there are three wrestle kingdom shows this year including the big NJPW versus Noah one. We're going to just make that the episode. And then like a week or so after wrestle kingdom, uh, we're going to record our, 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 uh, our, uh, our farewell for now. So that will be, uh, within a couple of weeks. So, um, so yeah, the, um, wrestle kingdom preview should be up before our next episode. And then, uh, after that, we'll have one more to go. So, that's that's the strong style story story I guess. So uh Paul, any last words as we head into 2022? Uh yeah, stay out of the matrix. Seems bad. Seems like you might be uh you might not like it there. Right on. We'll I see. Just you. watch the matrix and it just seems like it's scary. We'll see you to be in a <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we'll see you next week and next year. Take care folks. Ha <laughs>